everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am JP. That guy is Nick. How are you, Nick? I'm good. Good? I heard you're feeling just a tad bit under the weather today. Yeah. Somehow you transferred your sickness via the phone to me, or maybe when we were at Dick's Sporting Goods. I don't know. So there goes Nick, once again, trying to blame (laughs) me for something that I had nothing to do with. Okay. But that's all right. That's okay. If if, if, if I somehow, if, if the COVID has somehow made it into... It can transfer through an internet connection or phone line, then it is my fault, and I apologize, and I hope you get better real quick. Today on DadCast, man, this, and, and I and I find myself saying this a lot uh, when guests come on, that today is super duper special, but it really truly is because today's guest is a veteran, a fitness guru, an all-around incredible person, and guess what? She is not a dad. She is officially the very first solo woman we've ever had on the show. We're so stoked. Uh, Miss Chelsea Cruz, how are you? I'm wonderful. I'm so excited. And like, I'm so blessed to be on here to be the first female that you guys have on your podcast. And we hope it is a uh, a string of more. So without any, you know, I'm going to plant a seed right off the bat. As <laughs> soon as we're done here, I need you to get in that phone and get all the lady friends, you know, that be interested in doing this. Uh, we want them on DadCast because again, DadCast is not about just being a dad on the show. Although that helps, you know, we've been running with that theme for a couple of years now, but DadCast is Nick and I, we're the dads of DadCast, and we open it up uh, to pretty much anyone and everyone to have good conversations, man. So there you have that. Now, the first question I always typically ask, mm-hmm. um, which I cannot ask when it comes to you, Chelsea, um, I guess in this case is, uh, are you a mom? I am a mom. Tell us about it. How many <laughs> kids do you have? Boys, girls, um, ages, I'm a single names? Mom. <laughs> I'm a single mom. I have a 14-year-old son and a 10-year-old son. And so two boys, and then I took custody of my brother, who is now 21, and I took custody of him when he was 14 as well. So technically, I have wow. two parents. <laughs> so, man, I, I mean, we talk about this on the show a lot, how incredibly important the role of mom is. And, you know, on the show, we talk to a lot of single dads to get their perspective. But I always mention that we ain't dads without the moms out there. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine, I've had a couple weekends where I had to be a single dad because, you know, mom left and went out of town. I couldn't imagine doing this thing full time and you doing it with two boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoorah, man. How, how'd you pull that off? Now, how are you continuing to pull that off? My kids are um, absolutely amazing. They're super self-efficient. They're very much like gentlemen-like. They're the ones who check on me, make sure I eat. They bring me coffee in the morning. They open my door. They walk me to my car when I go to work. Like they are phenomenal. Like I'll come home from work when I used to work nights because I used to work two, three jobs. And like my favorite dessert would be waiting for me um, in the refrigerator, you know? And so like they'll go to the store, walk to the store with their own money and buy me flowers. And like, they're just just amazing, amazing children. It wasn't always like that. I definitely had my times where I was like empty, pulling my hair out, um, just struggling. And uh, it was really hard because they were a lot younger. They didn't really understand. But now that they're older, they're definitely getting to the point where they're super supportive. They're super appreciative, which is the hugest thing. Like, um, you know, now like they look back and they're like, wow, my, my mom did a lot. <laughs> and what was there a... Uh a significant moment in time where that, that 
flip that switch flipped per se and they started becoming because I, I need the advice i want to know how what you did to get them to be i mean i want my daughter to bring me flowers mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i want my two-year-old to not call me bad names well he's two Nick. he's two and when I your think- name is nick which rhymes with <laughs> it makes <laughs> happen but he has the f word in front of it like hey fucking dick like <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's cool. We made I mean, it seven was, minutes, Nick. We made it seven minutes. I think I'm going to take go. him to church with with Nana and Papa because they go to the Catholic church, and I think that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, see how that works out for us. So my oldest is not a big fan of church, but my youngest loves it. So <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. So when was that? Did you notice, or was it just a a, a gradual thing into a better behavior? I think it was like an age thing. So definitely when um, I moved out of a, I was born and raised in Vegas, um, you know, kind of grew up like uh, super poor. Um, you know, my mom was a single mom of five kids addicted to drugs. We moved the two, three, four times a year, um, you know, and I pretty much grew up on my own. So by the time I was 15, I ended up getting pregnant with my middle school sweetheart. The first time I had sex, I got pregnant. Uh, so 15, I had my own apartment. I had a child, I had my first job, my first car, and just grew up really fast, but really, really poor. And then so uh, by the time I was 20, I was a single mom of a six-month-old and a five-year-old. And from there, I kind of was already in the military. I was doing the National Guard. um, And then I was doing construction. And so I was like constantly gone. Um, The kids were with a babysitter from 5 a.m. to probably like 8 p.m. And so it was just a rinse and repeat every single day, just uh, drive an hour out to, um, I think Jean, Jean, Nevada, um, and do work construction and then come back and do the same thing. Once I turned 21, I basically, um, got into bartending and cocktailing and stuff like that. So then I would have the ability to work nights and then spend all day with them. I just sacrificed my sleep. Um, they were so young that they were little assholes, you know, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, like really, really stubborn, um, just little assholes. And then, um, as I got a little bit older, I took custody of my 14 year old brother and he helped tremendously. Um, but then even then, like he was the one who was having those conversations. Like, do you not understand like what your mom's doing? You know, like that was a little dick thing that you did right there, you know? And so he was the one who was kind of like checking them. And then, um, when I moved out to San Diego, um, I moved out from a really, really abusive relationship and I kind of like dropped everything and fled out here. And um, it was still like really difficult because they were fighting it. The oldest for sure didn't want to leave his uh, friends and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, We came out here and it was just like fighting like tooth and nail, you know, and especially like with COVID, he was a teenager. He was hormonal, just really, really, really tough. Um, And then all of a sudden it was like a a switch. Like it it just kind of became like a, like a really, really um, eye-opening, like he was very appreciative of everything. And, you know, there was like a bunch of uh, events that kind of like accumulated to like the overall, um, you know, picture of it. But yeah, I think that like this last two years, I'm like, they're my best friends. Um, You know, I literally would rather go hang out with them than like go on a date or like go out, excuse me, and party and stuff like that. Just because they're so intellectual and they're so like funny. They're like sarcasm is on a whole nother level. So I actually like genuinely enjoy um, my kids. (laughs) You heard it there first. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you got a tough battle ahead of you, man. That's it's all I'm true, saying. Because <laughs> I'll be like out and I'm like, dude, like, 
my son is like more intellectual than this conversation. Like, you know, this whole thing. I'm like, it's, it's kind of tough, you know? And ain't easy. So he's 14 now, right? Closer to 15, I'm guessing. Uh, September, he'll be 15. Okay. So yeah, right there. My son is 11. He'll be Mm -hmm. 12 in August. And you mentioned earlier just now that it's only in the past couple of years. So 12 to 14 Mm -hmm. when um, I'm battling that currently with my son, he, he's a good kid, super duper sensitive. Um, But he's starting to show just little hints of rebellion, more Mm -hmm. talking back than I'm used to when he was younger, more, you know, sighs and huffs and puffs when we ask him to do something, you know, and it's, I hope it only lasts for a year or two, like you said, and he start realizes the you know, appreciation. His sister, his little sister, isn't helping things either. Mm-hmm. She likes to bully him around. It's so know. weird. <laughs> he, my little girl, she's just turned nine, just a couple of days ago. She is like the big brother, even though she's the little sister. Mm-hmm. It's it's a real strange uh, relationship those two have. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I hope they grow out of it. Unlike Nick, who's literally he <laughs> runs the entire gamut of uh children i think he's got one kid who's 30 and you know one that's two 23 <laughs> <laughs> i know <Nick. laughs> um so you know it's just crazy that i love hearing stories especially from you know you and the single mom side of things that is just again couldn't imagine and it's amazing and doing all that work was spending that much time away from them when you essentially were a child yourself mm-hmm. uh raising a child was that difficult for you? Um, yeah. I mean, essentially I was a child raising a child uh, precisely. Like I remember being 15, um, their dad was working, um, construction as well. So he was gone. I would wake up at, you know, four 30 in the morning, make him an egg sandwich or, um, a burrito and then make his lunch and then send him off to work. And then I had the, the child like all day alone. And so I remember like sitting there, like, genuinely like crying because I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Like, right? what do you want? You know? And I'm like, I can't figure this out, you know? And so I'm sitting there crying because I'm like, dude, I'm trying everything. Like I am doing everything that I can to get you to shut up and you're not doing it. <laughs> and so I was like, really just in like a lonely place. And it's the first time that I ever called my mom. Cause my mom just was like, one of those moms that just did her own thing, disappeared for months at a time and then would come home. And so I called her and I'm like, I've never asked you for anything in my life. I need you here. And so she literally came to my house, my apartment and like took care of the baby for probably like four hours and then left. But that four hours was like what I needed just to sleep. (laughs) Right. I'm like, okay, that's good. And that was like the only help I ever received from my mom from, you know, the kids or essentially anybody really. But um, yeah, I just was like pleading with her. Like, I need you now. Like, this is my one like card that yeah, right, <laughs> I'm right. pulling right now. Have you like such a wuss. I, I'm like two hours with my two-year-old and I'm like, shit, I'm ready for a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> well, babe, when are you coming home? I can't take it anymore. He's so well, mean. Why I appreciate school. And man, <laughs> growing up, I used to love summertime, right? We all did. Mm-hmm. I dread summer now. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, man. I love these kids, you know, more than anything in the entire world. And and if there's only one silver lining, I'm the I'm the one that also gets them up and gets them to school. Mm-hmm. Um, at least 
I don't have to do that for the next three months. So there is the silver lining in that. But the negativity is they are home all day long until September. When we were kids, because we like we played outside, we we did stuff, we found stuff to do. Our kids now are like, we need Second video time. games. Yeah, dad, I'm bored. Dad, I'm bored. It's like, dude, go outside. Boy, so, I know. Yeah. My apartment now has become like the the like orphanage, you know. So like on the weekends, all of a sudden I walk in and there's like six teenager slash little minions running around the whole time and so i'm just like oh pizza it is like (laughs) you know who's this one like it's a new one and they just like you know my house is because i was that kid that like stayed and lived over my friends houses so i would literally grab a bag of clothes and then stay until i was no longer welcome and then jump to the next house and i would stay there for three four days and then jump to the next house and then go back to house one because i never um, wanted to be home. And so I had like growing up, I had like legit, probably four families, um, try to adopt me, you know, just because like, I was that little kid that, you know, I'd go over there and I'd be like telling the, my friends, like, don't talk to your mother like that, you know? And then I'm like doing the dishes and like, you know, the little orphan, you know, that's just going around trying to be like the best that I could be. But, um, now that I'm older, my kids are to that age. Definitely. I open up my house. I'm like, yeah, they can stay over all weekends. You know, like I have like kids that literally stay Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, like every single weekend. I'm like, Hey, I, I think I have like, you know, third custody. I should start getting like, <laughs> right. Start getting rent for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I just thought of, I, I think this might be a, a pretty personal question, but again, this is something that has never come up on the podcast. And I'm genuinely uh, curious as to this Has the thought of, a stepdad or a boyfriend or whatever evolving into a father role for you. Has that ever come up? Is it something you think about? Is it an option in the future? There's like five questions all wrapped up in one. So I've dated in the past. Um, I was engaged um, to like a contractor essentially. So, I mean, great, great relationships. The kids like absolutely loved him, but it also came with a lot of bad. So like, you know, he was shot twice and then he'd come home in like wheelchairs and just like all kinds of jacked up stuff. Um, and then the next relationship I was in was like really, really abusive. And the kids never seen it, but they got to the point Good. where like he took me to the desert and like beat the hell out of me, like really abusive. And so he went to jail for kidnapping assault. And I like literally left everything in Vegas, grabbed three bags and then moved to San Diego with like $55 in my name. And literally like have been starting fresh since then. Um, so for a while I was like really single, you know, and just kind of like healing, you know, and, um, you know, building the relationship with my children and with myself and with God. And, um, now I think I got to the point where I'm like really, really happy with myself and my like personal time. So like I became like very, very picky on who I allow, you know, to who I'm sharing my energy with essentially. Um, and oddly enough, like one, I kind of like gave up, but then I prayed, um, and I was like, Hey, I think I'm ready, you know, for that person. I think that I've done enough of the shadow work and healing that I, that was necessary to like genuinely give, um, a true love, you know, like a genuine love. And, um, and so recently the last month and a half, I guess I've been talking with someone. We haven't like, like 
been on like dates and stuff like that. Um, but I genuinely feel like this is the one type thing. So I'm very curious to see where it goes. Um, it kind of seems like it was like manifested. So like very, very powerful, right. very, very patient, um, very, very loving um, and understanding and like just genuinely wants the best for me. Um, and we haven't even been like physical or anything. So I genuinely think that like, okay, this is, this is it. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. And in this day and age, uh, so I don't make a mistake asking the question, is it, is it, is it a man? Is it a yes, male? Definitely. Okay. You never know. Right. All right. So I have something for you, mystery guy. <laughs> don't fuck it up. Mm-mm. All right. Sorry. That's all. I, I'm like protective of you already. Go figure. <laughs> so you're friends with our friend, Mr. Brian Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious how you two met. Um, Brian always comes up. In fact, I was in Vegas last week and I appeared on his podcast, his new one, the hero's journey podcast, free plug, check it out. The very first episode, as a matter of fact, is dropping today. Uh, today is the third Friday. Um, don't know when this episode will drop and you'll see it, but as of today, Friday, June 3rd, 2022, Brian Hopkins podcast is dropping, man. That's a mouthful. How do you two know each other? So I said that when I um, got out of construction, I started working in bars. Um, my first my first job um, in the industry, I was 21. It was right. at a country bar called Stoney's in Vegas. Um, okay. I was a shot girl. And so I remember it was on Valentine's Day. It was slow. And I was like going around selling like tubes of shots. And then at the end of the night, I made $550 and I sat in my car and cried like, at the bank. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like right. what? Like, this is the type of, you know, at the time I was just like, wow, like this is insane, you know? And cause I would sit there and work like hundred plus hours a week and construction and like, you know, make decent money, but I was literally working my life away. And so like to make 550 bucks and one night for a few yeah. hours, I was like, Oh, the Lord, please. Thank you. And, um, so I started working there and I remember, um on a busier night of course you know brian's like massive with like he had the long crazy hair um and i remember like seeing him and um his whole crew and he was talking to one of my friends who was also a go-go dancer um and i think like they introduced me um but then i just kind of went on with my job and then afterwards she's like hey do you want to go to red rock red rock and um go meet up with some friends i was like yeah that's cool like let's go and so um we're i'm probably like 21 years old um yeah 21 maybe 22 and so i go down there and um and it's them you know and i'm like that's cool like you know they're sitting there at this lounge all like you know chilling they have like hot girls all around them you know and brian's got his cool hair and like (laughs) you know um the whole like accident and stuff so freaking um I'm like talking with him and he's like not drinking and I'm like that's cool you know like I dig that because I didn't drink at the time either so I was like I I, I respect that you know and so after we became friends and acquaintances and whatnot um I started to go support him at his shows at Red Rock and so I remember it being like nobody really and like I'm sitting there in front of the stage and they're singing and I'm like sitting there just dancing by myself 
you know? And like, there's like probably like six people like standing up there, like vibing out, you know? And then, um, and Brian would look at me and like realize that it's me and like his eyes would light up and he'd get so excited. And so they kind of like progressed more and more where, uh, we would go to, um, other bars and there'd be, you know, uh, three doors down and Lifehouse or Nickelback and like all these like bands yep. that were there that were just like partying, you know, partying with. And essentially I'm sitting there with a smoothie, just like vibing <laughs> out, you know, <laughs> you know, and, um, there was like, um, the number one race car driver in the world and just like good people, you know, and I would sit there and have like these long conversations with Brian, like afterwards, just about life and about like you, the universe and everything. So it's not kind of crazy to see the dynamic of like back then to like where he's at now and like the performances and like seeing like thousands and hundreds of thousands of people and opening up for like these amazing artists. And I'm like, wow, like that's, that's crazy. Cause I used to watch it when like, it was like nothing, you know? And so now it's just like really like eye opening to see like that transition. So good for him. <laughs> what a perfect transition. That is what he would like to call a hero's journey. Yes. And everyone has one. And that is the name of his podcast, man. I am plugging the bejesus <laughs> out of your podcast, Brian. You're welcome, buddy. Um, are you going to make an appearance on his? Has he invited you yet? He has actually. And he said that he spoke about me um, on the first one. So I have to go check that out today. Yeah, I think three o'clock. So what do we got? Oh, got Two and a half hours. <laughs> on the YouTube. All right. So what has been, I mean, gosh, I, I feel like we've covered what has been difficult. It, 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 your journey does not seem like it's been too terribly easy for you but look at you you've come out on top and and just kicking ass and taking names and being you know that that mom what has been the most difficult thing for you as a single mother um not necessarily as like a single mother i'm like really good with um stress so like i've always worked two three jobs went to school did military um the deployment was, it was kind of difficult because of, um, they finally went with their father and, and that whole dynamic, like they wouldn't let me speak with the kids, you know? And so it was kind of like tough, like going from, you know, being like pretty much the only provider and then being forced to give my kids to this person that's made my life hell. And then I'm paying him child support when I've never received a dime, you know? So it was like very like, like yeah, that just kind of hurt, you know? Um, then I, I left and then it was like, you know, hey, they're getting ready. Hey, they can't talk. Hey, this and that. And I'm like, dude, I need like need to speak to my kids. And so it got to a point where they're sending me pictures of him um, and his like new girlfriends with my kids to me, you know, like to taunt me. And so like that was like a little bit difficult. Um, it honestly made me kind of go a little bit more like religious because I needed something to like pray. I needed something that was going to keep me sane because I was like, like going crazy. I just didn't want to like get like, you know, filled with all that negative energy. And so I genuinely started going to a church on base and like that literally saved me. Like that opened up a whole nother aspect of my life. So I'm, I'm kind of like grateful for it, you know, that whole like bad instance. And I came back and got full custody. Um, you know, he's been in and out of jail. Um, He's been like, I never like kept, you know, the kids from him because of my mom used to do that with me and my dad. And so I just kind of like let them see, you know, like eventually they did see um, the dynamic, you know, I know yeah. they love their father, um, you know, 
but like now that they're older, they start to realize, okay, like, you know, my mom has done like all this and, you know, he's there and he's trying. And so they're definitely very mature with the whole situation. Um, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, Nick, I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm just talk, 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 question, question, question. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you have a question for, for Chelsea or a conversation yeah, you want to spark I'm, up? I'm good, man. Like, my throat hurts so bad. <laughs> okay. It's another <laughs> one of those. It's okay. All right. All right. So sorry. All right. Um, yeah. But, oh, no, no, I got it, man. Come on. That's all right here. <laughs> all right. I'm asking a question. What was uh, the motivation <clears throat> for joining the military? It's the Air Force, correct? Um, it was, so it was army. So I did. Oh, okay. Um, I did a little deep diving on you. And by deep uh-huh. dive, I, I, I quickly stalked your Facebook page because you only recently accepted the friend request, which is fine. Uh-huh. I only recently did it, but I saw a picture and, and it said air force. I did go air force. Okay. Um, All right. Then <laughs> tell us I that started story with army, um, at 17. And so I just randomly, um, like we were really, really poor, our whole family, just like his family, my family. And it was kind of like, um, you know what, like, let me see what I can do. And um, I think it was my cousin's husband or boyfriend at the time was military. And I remember like, I never grew up with like that, that those type of people, you know, like that have a house and a car and stuff like that. So I was just like, wow, like, he's got it together. And I looked up to him as that, you know, and then, so she was talking about joining and I was like, you know what, let me look into that. And so there was, um, a, uh, recruiting station right next to the little Caesar, which was like my first job. And I was like, I remember there's a recruiting station. It's on Lake Mead and Nellis, I think in Vegas. And I was like, let me walk into there. And, um, I talked with them and, um, I took the ASVAB and he was like, sweetheart, like you need to go study. (laughs) So it was that bad that, um, he was like, yeah, you need to go study. Um, you know, I dropped out of school in the ninth grade, like, cause I had a child and stuff like that. Um, and then before that, I never really went to school. I kind of just like went whenever I wanted. Um, so yeah, I went to the library and got an ASVAB book. And for three and a half weeks, I studied my ass off and then came back and retook the test. And then I quadrupled my original score. And so he was like, wow, like I've never seen that happen. Like that, you know, tremendous of a difference. And so, um, I then called my mom and I was like, okay. Um, I wanted to be a mechanic and he's like, I'm not letting you be a mechanic. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, you know, learn how to fix, you know, stuff like I'm I'm down for that. You know, I can get dirty. And he's like, I'm not letting you, I'm not putting you in a mechanic shop with a whole bunch of dudes. Like <laughs> he's like, what do you think about um, military police? And I'm like, no, one's going to listen to me. You see how tiny I am. Like, and so I called in one of the NCOs. And I'm like, would you listen to me? And he's like, no. And I'm like, precisely. See, no one's going to listen to me. And so they laughed about it. <clears throat> Ultimately convinced me. So I called my mom and I didn't even tell my, the father of my children at the time. Um, and we weren't married or anything, but we've been together for a few years now. Um, and I told my mom, Hey, can you sign for me? And she's like, you're going to join the military. She's like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. And so, um, she came up and she signed the paperwork. And, um, that evening I got into an argument with the children's father and a seven 11. And I mentioned like, if I were to join the military, what would you do? And he was like, I would leave your ass. And I was like, what? like serious. And he's like, yeah, I leave you. And I'm like, okay, well you can pack your bags because I leave in seven days. Deuces. 
Yeah. And so I was like, this is for me. You know, I have, I have to do this for like my, my son and like me. And so, um, yeah. And seven days I did a quick ship and I did, did the whole military stuff. And, um, eventually during basic training was five and a half months, um, because they do the, the basic training and they do the, um, like MOS school. And, um, so he then became like super, super supportive and like very proud and like, you know, my girlfriend's in the military and stuff like that. Granted, I was paying all the bills too. So that probably helped. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then once I got out, um, it just opened up so many doors, um, like just a level of like pride, you know, that I didn't grow up with and a level of like confidence and um, you know, a sense of purpose that, you know, just kind of like putting on that uniform instilled, uh, which was ultimately the greatest decision that I've ever done in my life. And so I did that. Um, I became an E5. I did one tour to Afghanistan, 2015, 2016. Um, our mission was personal security detail. And then I got pulled to be the international military police NCOIC. So I was, um, the like head of like the, uh, military police station on base. And then, um, I got out and during the pandemic, I was like, Fuck, I miss it, you know, and then everything was happening to like, you know, places were shut down. I'm like, what's going to be like a certain level of security that I need? You know, I can't like sit around with like my thumb in my ass. And so I was like, okay, if I go into either the national guard or the air force reserves, I get that MOS training and then I can take whatever that is and kind of like pivot off of it. And so the job op- um, job, that was opened inside the air force reserve was a flight tech, which is like a flight medic on C-17s. Um, and so I was like, dope, I want to do that. Like I was sold 1 million percent on that. And I was like, cool from there. Um, you have to get all your nursing and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, perfect because like with COVID, like that's never going to go away, you know? And so, um, then they obviously implemented the whole like vaccine, you know, uh, mandates. And I kind of like, stood up and was like, Hey, like, I don't, you know, I don't really believe in this. So I'm just going to go ahead and like take whatever punishment that you guys are going to give me. Um, you know, cause I'd rather be safe than sorry. And, uh, you know, from my own personal, you know, opinions, I know like everyone had like has different various, um, opinions. We've, on it. we've covered this extensively on the podcast. We've mm-hmm. interviewed like County commissioners and mayors and city oh. council guys. And, yeah. and, you know what we've deduced it mm-hmm. to each their own man. Yeah. You know, and, and all that matters though is, you know, if your opinion differs from mine, that's fine, man. That's yeah. cool. One million percent. Just be know? friggin' cool. Be kind. Yeah. And so. that's what we've deduced. <laughs> so you're all good. Whatever, yeah. whatever, however you feel. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I, know, I was like the only one that basically, um, cause everybody else was like nurses and this and that. And I genuinely felt like I was going crazy. Cause I'm like, am I the only one that like can see a totally different lens in this, right. you know, and they made me feel like I was like crazy. And like, I was like ridiculous for the idea of giving up my, my military career. And I was just like, there's something that's just not in me. Like there's something inside of me that's not going to like, let me. And so, um, I basically, they were threatening to take away all my benefits and they were threatening, you know, to give me a dishonorable discharge and this and that. And I remember going to my car and I like prayed, I was like, like, what, what, am I doing? Am I, am I literally like, so like blind that I'm, I'm not seeing the picture or like what is going on? And I remember asking for a sign. And the very first thing I opened up my phone, there was a video and it said that your intuition is, is so strong and you need to listen to it. And I was like, done. Like, 
okay. So my whole body just kind of like went from like chaos to calm. And, um, after that I was like, okay, it is what it is. You know, um, give me your worst. Um, I'm, I'm willing to accept that because I'm not willing to go against something I don't believe in. And so, um, then they were like, oh yeah, you get to keep all your benefits. We're just going to move you to IRR, you know, like no harm, no foul. And I'm like, you motherfucker, you just threatened yeah, right? the hell out of me, you know? <laughs> um, so I got out, you know, um, it was worth a shot to try to get back in and, you know, for like a greater purpose, but, uh, definitely, um, wasn't what I anticipated getting into the Air Force. But, you know, silver linings, I'm a big silver lining guy. I mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier. Uh, your boys, I'm assuming they saw that whole journey. They saw mm-hmm. mom getting back in and, and that's, that's amazing. I'm sure there's a picture lying around your house somewhere mm-hmm. of you in all, you know, the colors. Mm-hmm. And they see that they see mom was, and that's, that's amazing. And that's, that's good stuff. Something that they can look up to strong mama. We mm-hmm. love that. Mm. We need more dads to be strong dads, like <laughs> strong mamas out there. Right, Nick? We do. I need, yeah, it's definitely. Nick. Okay. I'm going to just force this upon you now. Oh, as he coughs, poor guy, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a fever too. It's just terrible. Oh, no. You should go take it. You should do it in real time. Go grab a thermometer. And then uh, oh. did you did you prepare a fast five for did. Chelsea here? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we got a Chelsea. fast four, but you already asked one of my questions. So did I? Oh <laughs> well, then I'll come up with fast a different four. one. Okay. Yeah, we can do the fa- or we'll call it the fabulous four. Yeah. Radio voice. Nice. Um okay. this is a segment we like to do. It's they're not like super fancy questions, they're quick, bing, bang, boom. Uh, answer them if you like. If you don't, we'll move on to the next. Here we go, Nick. Do this thing. What is your funniest parenting fail? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. She's like, I don't fail. <laughs> I don't know. Funniest parenting fail. I have to come back to that one. Okay. A- as an example, Nick tends to leave his kids in shopping carts and then drives away. <laughs> That's a parenting fail. I'm shopping at Walmart, so I have six. Six, do I have six? I have six kids right now. There's yeah, one, one on the way. Kid. Yeah, maybe two on the way. We don't know yet. Um, but anyway, so um, my three middle kids are all within like a year or two years of each other, and they're all little. And I'm doing a Walmart trip by myself. I get the two older ones loaded in the car, and I forgot the newborn in his car seat in the stroller. And I'm driving away, and some old lady's hitting my car. Your kids in the car in the stroller or the car or the cart. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I felt so bad. Parenting and, fail. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I've done that more than once. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hold on. She's I frozen. Guess the the oh, no, scariest, she's... like, fail is, like, everyone around, like, the pool and, like, you know, I'm sitting on the stairs and then all of a sudden I, like, hear, like, or see from the corner of my eye just, like, moving in the water and it's, like, my son's head just, like, you know, and he's, like, literally arm distance from me just, like, you know, like that's probably the worst I've ever felt. Like, oh my God, did I just like literally like not pay attention? He's right there. Just like his head is just bopping there. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> big fail. It counts. Not funny, but. <laughs> no, no. Right. Well, in retrospect, no, still not funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. And those yeah. are uncomfortable laughs. <laughs> All right, Nick. Sorry, man. So what's the most rewarding parenting accomplishment that you have? Um, I think it honestly has to go to my little brother. Um, my little brother, like when I took him in, he, um, used to sell drugs and drink and, you know, break into houses and all kinds of things. He was 14. Um, he grew up like 
with holes in his shoes and wearing like two XL shirts and stuff like that, you know? And so when I took him in, he, um, it was really hard. He was so uncomfortable with everything and, um, like really uncomfortable with everything. And so eventually it got to a point where we are you know, kind of like bumping heads and fighting tooth and nail, but, um, he ended up joining ROTC and then starting to go to school with like blazers and ties and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I'd go to his, um, his uh, parent teacher conferences as mom and like the janitor came in was just like, I need to tell you that like, this is the best child in the school. You know, like I needed to like meet his parent and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sister, but you know, and, uh, sister mom. Yeah. And he calls me mom. Um, he doesn't call me like sister or anything. He tells everybody that's my mom. Um, and then he went and joined the military. And so now he's active duty infantry in Georgia and like the greatest, like, I'm like human being like 21 years old, just incredible. And I'm, I'm super, super stoked. And I'm very, very proud of him. That's awesome. Nice. That. Is he in the army then? Yeah, he's in the army. Awesome. My son, my 22 year old's in the army stationed in Texas. Oh, nice. So cross paths or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, for the record, this is a two XL shirt. So I don't know what the deal is with wearing a two XL shirt. Well, he was like, uh, yeah, he's probably tiny, right? Yeah, he was like <laughs> 13 years old, you know? <laughs> All right. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Um, I would think it would have to do with like probably a certain level of like domestic violence, um, some kind of resources with domestic violence. Um, that was probably like the most difficult thing, knowing that I was a strong woman, but I felt like I can see what was going on. I can see like, the whole picture of it, but the more I try to get out, the deeper the hole was dug. And so just, I feel like eventually, like that's my purpose. And I went through everything in life to get to that purpose, um, to be able to turn around and help women in those same situations. And so, um, it would have to do with like resources and some kind of like motivation of like, Hey, there's hope, you know, of like domestic violence. We ask that question of almost every single guest. Um, you are episode 80, by the way. (laughs) And I think that is, I could be wrong, but I think that's the first legitimate, like real message billboard question answer uh, to that question. Right, Nick? I mean, that, yeah. I, a I lot feel, of, it's I feel most really, of it really shallow about why. <laughs> yeah, that's our first billboard. So we, I asked that question because when we first started DadCast, I bought a billboard on the busy street in Metro. <laughs> and I put DadCast, the number one parenting podcast in the world with our pictures on it. Blatant lies, and, and I didn't tell JP until he actually saw it. Yeah, oh, go go God. look; it's up. And I and, and my first experience is reading. And, and keep in mind, uh, I'm kind of a personality in in my neck of the woods. I work in radio for the last 20 years, so people know my face, they know my voice, they know who I am. And I see this billboard and him say the number one parenting <laughs> pod, and then my friggin' mug on. It was uh, really, bro. It was also one, you know, we're not bad parents by any stretch of the word, but the greatest, I I think, (laughs) work to do. Um, But yeah, whatever. It was funny. And here we are. We we lost the success. Doing doing the podcast from my garage again. (laughs) Now I want to get a billboard with something profound on it that actually means something that might make a difference in somebody's life. But I agree. All right. Sorry. More questions, Nick. I know you got more. I got one more. Do you have any advice for other single parents? And we'll kind of, you know, broaden it to single dads and single moms. Yeah. You, just, you stole my question now, Nick. That's that's <laughs> what I do. I know. I figured that's my go-to, man. 
I know. It's the one you're not allowed to ask. No, the island one is the one I'm not allowed to ask. <laughs> Carry yeah. on, Chelsea. What would you leave your house with? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that one, yeah. Um, advice for single parents. Um, for one, to fulfill your own cup. Um, I think that a lot of parents just like have a tendency to run on empty because they're giving to everyone. And I genuinely feel like you can't do any good to anyone else if you're not good yourself. And so that was my biggest lesson off the bat as like a young single mother is like, Hey, like I need to take care of myself because if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of my kids sufficiently. Um, and then the quality time, um, there's been times where I've been so, so poor. I couldn't pay rent, um, car payments late. <clears throat> I had no food in the, like the refrigerators. Um, but like, as long as you still take that, that quality time with your children and like, talk to them, like genuinely talk to them and build those relationships, they'll grow to be good human beings. And I feel like this generation is like, a lot of these kids are being you know, raised like trash, you know, like they're raised in front of a, t- a TV screen and, um, you know, video games. And like, they don't really have that, that experience of like a genuine love or communication skills or, you know, and I just genuinely feel like my kids are so amazing because of like, I actually take that time to show them love and appreciation and like break down, you know, like actual conversations. And, you know, we'll sit there and spend, you know, 30 minutes, you know, talking about riddles or talking about, you know, a book, I have my kids reading like rich dad, poor dad. And like, you know, like all these like very like advanced books and we'll sit there and talk like, Hey, what do you think about that? What's the, ta- what's the takeaway? You know? And I think that that's like a really big aspect and it's not even like the book part, but it's just that quality time of like genuinely listening and having like an adult kind of conversation with them that, that made them who they are today. And that's like the biggest thing when people meet me, they're like, your kids are so incredible. And I'm like, I know <laughs> that Thank you. I get that compliment all the time, but, but I'm not, I'm not floating my own boat. You got to let me finish. <laughs> Trust me. I, uh, I send, you know, Avery, it's my daughter. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love her. Do I have the, do I have the right one here, Nick? Nope. Those are crickets. Um, I was introducing you to my daughter. I got it. It's not important. Thing is all the parents I send them to, they come back and they get, she's absolutely amazing. I wish my kid was as polite and kind-hearted and sweet and courteous as your daughter is. And I'm like, oh man, that is so good to hear. And then I hang up the phone and Avery walks in and I says, how come you don't do that at home? <laughs> I love What's it. What's the deal, man? Why yeah. are you so, well, dad, I, this is where I can kind of get away with that thing. I'm like, no, Aww. but she's got it wrapped right here and i'm like yeah you're, you're right it doesn't matter what you do here I, there's I love took that girl. i took that last night oh yeah i have like baby fear i want a little girl so bad when okay I found so out that's was a a boy that, i le- legitimately cried like <laughs> i want that led into another Are, is the d- door possible open for more children in your future well, I love, love kids. And so to me, it's like very particular with who, but whoever I choose to like share my life with and this and that, like I will have as many kids as they want, you know, as long as we, you know, are set like financially um, and like have that good relationship, you know, then I would, yeah, definitely. Teen definitely girl, we got to get that girl. girl. Yeah. I could probably I, I go you. for like another three kids, honestly. My kids are amazing. And like, I feel like as I'm like definitely older, more mature, more financially stable and this and that, like, and as that progresses, like the, 
the ability to like genuinely give, you know, the kids what they need and like put them into like extracurricular activities and like, you know, advanced schools and stuff like that. Like that, that really excites me. Good stuff. All right. Nick ran out of questions um, <laughs> uh, for the, for the, for today's uh, yeah. fabulous four. Um, mm-hmm. The question I always ask, which is pretty much what he said, but it's a little bit different is if you could impart one piece of advice to any new, in this case, parent uh, who's expecting to become a parent for the first time, what advice would you give? So kind of close to what he asked, does mm-hmm. your ch- answer change at all when I word it that way? Uh, and it's like a preparation kind of aspect. Well, any bit of advice. I mean, it can be a single parent, single mom, single dad. The parents can be together. Just you are becoming a parent for the first time. You're freaking out. You're panicking. They stumble upon this episode and Chelsea Cruz is here to tell mm-hmm. them it's okay because. Yeah. Um, well, one million percent. I think that like. <laughs> no, no pressure. No pressure. I feel like um, one of the greatest things um, in life is like the ability to produce a child, you know, like have like a child growing inside your stomach or you are a part of that, you know, and bringing a new life and soul into this world is to me tremendous. Like it's insane to think about. Um, I would say just basically like appreciate those moments because they, they go by so fast and like, they, do. they really do. And just to kind of like, save all the memories and appreciate those moments when, you know, um, through all the stages of life as they're growing up, because you're going to look back and like realize, holy hell, where did all that go? Hence why she wants three more ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) What's one tell you? It's like, it's it's so much easier. Like when you're older too, like when I had my first kid, I was 18, 19, Mm-hmm. And like stress of like, shit, am I going to be able to pay rent? Am I going to be able to, you know, provide for him to now where I'm in my forties and I'm like, all right, I'm financially set. I, I own a house. I, everything's good. Mm-hmm. There's not that stress. So it's a little more fun, but it's also a hell of a lot more hard. Well, like, yeah. like physically it's like, holy shit, these guys are fast. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's a good give and take. And it's definitely awesome to have that less stress, but being physically harder and, but less mentally hard. Is awesome. One million percent. Yeah, I agree. What's one thing Chelsea Cruz can't leave the house without every morning? Can't leave well, before you answer, I, I'm going to put the pressure on. <laughs> okay. This is a question that I've been asking for 20 years now of all walks of life, celebrities, musicians, movie star, whatever the case uh, from working in radio. And it's funny um, over those 20 years, only one person answered that question that blew my socks off. And Mm -hmm. I've been searching for as good or better of an answer to that question since then. And most recently two guys in a row answered it. Um, But it took a good six years. So three guys out of 20 years Mm -hmm. answered that question in a way that just was like, wow, profound. Mm -hmm. We've never asked it of a, uh, a female (laughs) guest. So with that being said, no pressure. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a hint. No, no hints. What's one thing Chelsea Cruz cannot leave the house without? Um, so it's kind of sad to say. Um, I always had, and it just broke probably a week and a half ago, um, my cross. And so essentially it was just a gold, very simple, um, you know, cross that I slept with and showered with. And, you know, everything, it just kind of had like the whole reminder right. and sentimental value. Um, and then the the chain broke like 
uh, a week and a half ago. But well, to get another chain, that's an easy fix. I'm gonna order another one, but you know, um, that was pretty much it. You know, like I don't really carry, I don't carry purses, I don't carry like anything. If I'm going, it's usually to the gym or I have like my laptop bag with like books and stuff in it. But gotcha. Do you want to know what the answer to the question was that was so profound for me? What was that? Okay, so Mr. George Thorogood, you know who that is. Bad to the bone. Okay. Okay. Musician. Old school. Uh Um, Without skipping a beat, I asked him that question. George Thurgood, what is one thing you cannot leave the house without? And he said, kiss my wife. And I went, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I am such a poor human for because I'm thinking phone, (laughs) laptops, iPads, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, so so there you go. I've been been hunting for that answer ever since. So when I'm in a relationship, that's the, like, to me, it's, it's a no go. I'll literally like if I was um, in a relationship and they were to get up and leave without giving me a kiss, I'm literally like, what the what fuck the- was that? <laughs> like, Are you mad? Did, did I do something, something wrong? wrong? <laughs> like, dude, no, <laughs> you come back right now. To acknowledge me, right? <laughs> I think Just my wife me. has done that to me like twice in the eight years we've been together. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit. So I spent all day worrying like, what the fuck did I do? (laughs) Waiting for the phone call or the text of you're in trouble. (laughs) And then it never comes like, Oh, I just forgot to say goodbye. I'm like, great. (laughs) You freaked me out all day long. All right. So we're almost out of time here, Chelsea. We haven't touched on uh, the fitness aspect of your life. Um, I'd love to hear about that. Uh, I know Nick would, because he's Mr. Go get him four o'clock in the morning, every single day. Um, What's your diet? Like your routine go. So I don't do any of like the tracking, the macros and stuff like that. Um, the biggest thing for me with fitness was like, it kind of saved my life. Um, I had dated an individual, um, at 22 after I'd separated with the kid's dad who, um, kind of committed suicide. Um, actually it was a murder suicide. So he ended up shooting someone and then shooting Jesus. himself. Yeah. It was kind of insane. And then like, we didn't really date too much. It, it was like, um, six months in, I found out that he had a girlfriend our first month. And so that kind of like, we split up and it caused like a whole bunch of things in his life just to like, you know, cascade essentially just like, you know, and so he ended up doing that. And, um, where I was at, I just kind of like, I never was like really into fitness, but then I realized that when I would go to the gym and I would go and spend two hours, like that was kind of like my safe place. Like that just became like, like a certain way for me to release, um, any and all emotions that I've like had or any kind of traumas that I've gone through like my whole life. And I just realized, wow, like this is empowering. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of would go there and just like jump from machine to machine to machine to machine, you know, I didn't track any of my nutrition. Uh, it wasn't until I was in Afghanistan when I actually started like looking at, um, the proper way to, you know, for form and like exercises and tracking things. And I started like squatting like 315 and I could like um, leg press like eight plates, you know, on each side, like pretty insane. I was like really strong. Um, And then now when it comes to nutrition, it's more of like a balance. You know, I definitely like have a sweet tooth. Um, I eat out, you know, every once in a while on fast foods, but then I also eat very healthy and lean. Um, and then I juice a lot and that's probably like the biggest thing for me is I juice pineapple, um, cucumbers, ginger, and lemon, like every day, essentially. Um, then I, you know, take sea moss and I take like, you know, all these different things like MTC oil, um, you know, and 
stuff like that. Um, but I do, you know, occasionally like drink and like kind of like splurge a little. Do you like a good steak? I love a good steak. Oh, Bavette's inside Park MGM. You got to try it sometime. <laughs> My favorite place in the history of the world to have a steak. Which and one was it? Bavette's inside Park MGM. Mm. It's, it's, I, I took Brian there last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course he ate a salad. <laughs> um, I, I, I did my damnedest to get him to try. I'm like, just a tiny bit, man. Just one piece. You got it. It's, it's the best thing ever. He wouldn't do it, but he did eat the salad. You know, he did yeah. the salad. It was, it was, it was good. He had the shrimp. We did the shrimp. Mm-hmm. He, he did that, but good stuff. All right, man. She is Chelsea freaking cruise. Uh, I, I, it's not a stretch for me to say super mom, but uh, from what I've heard <laughs> over the past hour, um, you're pretty badass girl. And uh, I'm glad to know you. Um, more women need to be like you when it comes to uh, parenting. And uh, if they were, and we had all the good dads out there, I think uh, the world would be a much better place moving forward if that was the case. Unfortunately, it isn't. But that is our mission, to try mm-hmm. to get it there. At least, you know, one step, one guest at a time. Um, anything else you would like to add before we say our farewells? I'm good. She is good. Opportunity, (laughs) Nick. I'm I'm good also. (laughs) He's a poor Nick is sick. You know, I'm going to pretend to be sick on the next episode and just make you talk (laughs) the entire time. (laughs) I'm going to tell you I have laryngitis. The next the next episodes the Father's Day episodes. I I think we're covered. We have Brian Hawkins will be on. Yeah, Brian (laughs) the whole time. We'll just make it a, a hero's journey podcast, Father's Day episode or something along the line. <laughs> she is Chelsea Cruz, veteran mom, fitness awesome guru. And what are you? What are you? Uh, final question: What are you doing for? What do you do? What do you do these days? What do you? Do? <laughs> I'm in tech, so I work for a vocational school that teaches full stack website development and UX UI design called V School. And so, so smart and, and pretty. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. And then I'm going to, um, I'm building like going to a, um, speaker life coach consulting, um, cert certification and building that aspect too on the side. So that's what you got to put on the billboard too. (laughs) Half and half, you know, save the world. And here's my company. Yeah. Uh, for everyone watching this on the YouTube, thank you so much for checking it out. She is Chelsea Cruz. Uh, if you're listening, we appreciate you so very much. Um, please like it up, subscribe, make a comment. If you hated it, which I don't know why you would, especially this episode, but if you hated it, go ahead and hit that dislike button. Do all the things. All the uh, check things. us out on social media. Uh, Chelsea Cruz, you're amazing. Next time in Vegas, we'd love to hang out, meet up, maybe uh, do the podcast with Brian together. Uh, yes. I'm down. She's down. For anyone else <laughs> watching, we'll check you out next week. Have a great rest of your day. See you. Thank, Thank you, you so yeah. much.